Hello. Good Hello. morning. You look so cute. You have two little clips in your hair that remind me of like fifth grade. Yeah. They're butterfly clips. I think they're back. You would look so cute. I would look too clip. little. You- <laughs> I would, I think. There's so many things that you can't wear because you would look too little, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like butterfly clips. <laughs> Mainly butterfly Other clips. things. Can you wear ribbons? I will wear a ribbon, but it has to be like Chanel. <laughs> this is a hack, actually. I've oh. done this. If you buy something from Chanel or Prada, they will put it in a box. It'll have a ribbon. And so then you can reuse the ribbon in your hair. Mm. And I did this once and my friend asked, oh, my God, how much was that? Like $500? And I said, no, it was free. Wow. I mean, the thing I purchased wasn't free. I was going to say more than $500. free with purchase. Okay. And if you don't have the means to buy a (laughs) Chanel item. Understand. Can you buy the thing, they wrap it in the ribbon, you take the ribbon and then you return the thing? Would that be a hack on the hack? Wow. Someone needs to try that and let us know. I feel... (laughs) I feel like maybe they'll never be a sponsor now, but that's fine. Well, okay, I'm not encouraging people to buy stuff and bring it back. But let's say you change your mind, keep the ribbon and tell us if they get mad. (laughs) They catch you. Okay, Liz, I haven't seen you in 10 days. A long time. I think we got pedicures last week, but it feels like No, you've like been longer. gone. I saw you a week ago. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, because I left for Jamaica on Thursday and I saw you on Wednesday. No, I saw you that day. Okay, I saw you. Okay, so two Thursdays ago, that's like 10 days. That's 10 days. It's Monday. Oh, you're right. That's. Okay, I don't know. You don't know what's time. going on. Okay, it's been too long. A really long time. And you went to Jamaica. I did. Tell me about Jamaica. Jamaica's so great. Tell me a story. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Heather, last year I got a free trip to go to Turks and Caicos <gasps> because I like to whore out my Instagram for anything. And I love that you own that. I do. My parents don't understand and value the work that I do, but they do value that. They'll be like, now everything that you're doing that we don't get, it's worth it if you're getting deals. It's all about getting deals. <laughs> God, immigrants, yes. right? Mine as well. Like, are you doing anything else? I'm like, mom, there are five shows. I'm doing five <laughs> shows a week. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, but what about that thing you did that one time on your Instagram? I'm like, oh, oh my God, They love mom. a deal. They love when we get deals. Yeah, That's which is sweet. like their love language is to <laughs> teach us how to do that. We have a famous saying in my house. My dad says that buying things not on sale is for losers. Like he literally was like, that's for losers. Your dad is going to hate what I said about Chanel. (laughs) (laughs) I would get disowned. And when I give something to my dad, if it's on sale, he will love it more. And I'll say it in the way that usually when you give a gift, you don't go like, by the way, I got this for a buck. You know, with him, it'll make him appreciate it more. So they appreciate the deals. So I do appreciate a good deal. And so I got us a trip last year. And then this year she got a trip. And so I got to just go to Jamaica and hang out. And it was really nice. That is so nice. We were the only single people at this resort. It was like the true Michael Scott (laughs) Sandals Resort. And everyone was either getting married or about to or just had. Honeymoon. Yes, it was Honeymoonville. But we were just frolicking. Like we were definitely having the best time because we weren't. At the beginning, I was like, oh, maybe I'll feel weird. And then I was like, no, I, I love that I'm not with someone. I love that. You weren't with anyone, but you were with a soulmate. Yes. If I'd been there alone, alone, maybe I wouldn't have felt that way. But I was like, I prefer to be here with this amazing friend than some whatever. Like, not that that's not also nice, but it was nice to like really not feel weird about that. Do you like going to a place where there's a lot of couples? No, (laughs) not really, except I say no. And yet my life is essentially me with a lot of couples. You have Jess. I have two single friends, you and Jess. Close friends, obviously. David. David. Oh, thank you. David. David. I have three. <laughs> Leave that in so he knows you don't care No, he has a back problem. I, uh... He has a back problem? <laughs> well, she stabbed him in the back, but forgetting him. <laughs> yeah, he already has one back problem. <laughs> no, now he, he has, has two. two. I don't want to add more pain to his 
his oh. ailing body. I was gonna say Anna, but she oh she's she's Anna, deep in a relationship. Me? They're like essentially married. They just moved in together. Wow. Fuck. No, I think this is positive. I think that at a certain point, I was surrounding myself with too many single women. Oh fuck, Rachel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the whole episode is going to be just <laughs> shouting names of people. That's <laughs> a big one to forget. So, well, four. look, you have a lot of friends. You're very loved. It's a very rich part of your life. So it's okay that you're because I'm single, li- I believe. Well, that which is yes, a positive. I think about that a lot. Even I think about it in terms of our egg freezing podcast that I just essentially squatted in LA like for months and really immerse myself and really spend so much time with you. I was like, if I had been in a relationship, I think that would have maybe not even been possible. There are so many upsides and you can develop your friendships on such a deeper level. Yes. But then I also think that it can go too far, particularly in big cities where people are very ambitious and particularly women are very ambitious. It can become so comfortable. Like your female friends become, I think, a replacement for a romantic or intimate relationship. And so it lets you kind of avoid building that kind of intimacy, which can be uncomfortable or take some effort. Even to a certain extent, I've been unlearning some of the feminist brainwashing of like your relationships with women are always going to be better than a relationship with a man. I was comparing the men that I was going on dates with with my female friends and they were never going to measure up and I started being like okay so if female friendships are that great and this amazing thing that I'm supposed to like invest in more and more in shouldn't it prepare me for my relationships with men instead of impeding a friend told me it was unprompted it was at a huge women's cool media event with a bunch of amazing women and she was like if you want to have someone in your life and you want to date you have to create that space you can't just fill it with your female friends oh she said that. she said that and what a bitch (laughs) it's like thanks a lot Um, wait this is interesting do you agree what do you think i think i agree do we think it's a problem to have your male relationship be fulfilling that physical intimacy and maybe father children or not which will Let's put a let's put a pin in that. Why does that male relationship have to be the most important one? Why can't that be the secondary one? I 100 percent agree. But when you say that, you're not comparing them, right? You're seeing them as different. And I think the lie is that somehow your female friendship should feel the same as the man, if you are interested in men, that you're going to be intimate with. I think that we've conflated even in, in the way that, right, like, your relationship with a family member is different. And I wouldn't compare like my relationship with my dad to my relationship with you. It's like apples and oranges. Yeah. And I think that when we put such an emphasis and I think we idealize female friendship, we're like, this is the most, I mean, and it is, but it kind of puts it on a pedestal that's unrealistic. And yeah, a guy that you're dating, which is a totally different relationship, can't measure up because it's also kind of different. Yeah. And you're friends also can't measure up and do things that, you know, that partner will do. Exactly. Do you feel like that's how you measure potential dating partner? No. Okay. I don't think I'm doing the comparison game because I think I'm mainly on dates evaluating chemistry, which I mean, I guess if I have like a new female friend, in some ways, I guess that's the same, right? Yeah. You're evaluating how it feels. It's all, I guess it's all about chemistry right. ultimately, that's which a is point. weird. But I, I don't think I'm doing that with men, which is really good because I barely go on any dates <laughs> anyway. If I was doing that, I mean, I do think my life is so full yeah. that it does stop me from going on dates right. just because I have other fun stuff to do. But I don't think going on that date, I'm sitting there thinking like, well, this isn't as good as my friendship with this person or Maybe sometimes I do think like, I'd rather be with Jess or Liz, but that's just like an evaluation of my time. Like this person's boring. I'll think that too. And then I'm like, that's not good. Really? It's not supposed to feel the same way. Is it supposed to be boring? No, I don't think it should be (laughs) boring, but I don't think it like... Do you think that we're setting ourselves up to fail when we're comparing these dates to our amazing friends that are like shows and family? Yeah. And maybe this person will become that, but it's a different relationship. And to your point, yeah, my friends, there, there isn't that physical element. There's a lot of things that my friends can't do that this person can do. And am I like 
just focusing on what how different they are from my friends and by that sort of setting myself up to be disappointed and to be like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't be with this person because they don't make you feel as good as I Monica. I guess it's true. In some ways, you're right that because our friendships are so strong, maybe it's shut down so quick yes. before it has a chance to yes. super grow into, yes. into what could be a very meaningful yes. relationship. Like if I'm meeting a new friend, that pressure isn't there. exactly. So it just feels like take it or leave it. And then if it's good, you let it grow. And maybe mm-hmm. you don't with the man. Yeah. Because you're not rating the person if they're a friend, right? When you meet someone new, you're just like, what's up? And you're not like, is this going to last? Is this person going to ruin my life? All these expectations. Yeah. That's true. I just think dating is like the worst format for the outcome that we want. I always think there should be like a third thing. It should be you, the other person, and like a thing. Like Like God. God. Yeah, I think it should be God between (laughs) the both of you. Or a sheet. Um, No, I was that racist or Wait, whatever because what? like some religions have sheets between anyway just oh you maybe. said sheets sheets i thought you said she someone is gonna be mad at me um um i'm not worried about that religion okay because <laughs> that's not healthy for a woman i'm not worried <laughs> i'm not anyway uh So, yeah, I think there should be a third thing, a show or a museum or even a walk like we're going to the observatory or whatever, because I think it sets it up as like the only thing we can talk about is this date, like ourselves ourselves. and it's you and me. And there's nothing. Sometimes if you go to dinner, I guess you can talk about the food, but like, oh, this is good. Like, and that's it. Because with a friend, you would be doing an activity. That's how you get to know someone, not like a job interview, essentially. That's what dating kind of becomes, right? Because you don't have anything else to talk about except yourself. I just think it puts a lot of pressure. I like that. So that's a good rule for first dates. Is it first dates or? I'm into this for third dates. Uh, for third, sorry, I'm into it for first dates. <laughs> for first dates. I think it makes it. First dates, third thing. Third thing, first date. Okay. <laughs> Root it in something. It deromanticizes it. I started doing walks or again, getting an ice cream or like just something you would do with a friend. And then you're just kind of getting to know the person before you have this like weird romantic pressure where you're sitting face to face and there's nothing to talk about but your childhood trauma. (laughs) Well, okay. You don't like it? No, I do. I do. (laughs) But then I think, what would my third thing be? I know you love hikes, <laughs> but even when you ask me to go on hikes, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't ask you anymore. I want to ask yeah, you like see, all the time. I know. I don't. And I don't want to do that. I want to go sh- shopping. Shopping. You go shopping. On- Why not? Well, they might not want to. I guess that's stereotypical to say that the guy... But well, he probably does. Don't bring him to like Chanel, but maybe you could go to like, sorry. <gasps> oh I, my God, you really don't want Chanel to sponsor us. Oh, sorry, <laughs> take it out. What I mean is like, he might not find anything interesting <laughs> for him. Chanel has guy stuff. But I feel like you could go to a farmer's market, right? Or yeah. like a cool home shop. Then it feels like datey or like weird. Right. Like we're then moving like, in together. Oh God, but, so many traps. I know. Okay, this is actually a date I read that somebody did once. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was such a good idea. Okay. Um, go to dinner. Yeah. And then go to Barnes and Noble. Wait, I love this. Okay, good. And I love Barnes and Noble I love, so I much. I love Barnes and Noble. And then you're like walking around the bookstore. And then that's fun because mm-hmm. you talk about books you like or things you like yes. or this is funny or whatever. And then at the end, you separate. Oh, and if you want, you can sneak to the Starbucks part and get yourself a hot chocolate. That's his part I added. Okay. And then <laughs> don't get one for the partner because you want to keep some things for yourself, you know? Sure. And then you pick out a book for each other. Wait, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Why is that the most perfect thing I've ever right? heard? That is so sweet. And then if they pick something that's like so meaningful, or if they pick something well, that's totally okay, out wait, there. Don't put too much. Okay, you're already putting, you're already making it way, way, way too intense. Do you romanticize dating? What if they pick my favorite childhood book? It's like when Ross gets that children's book for Rachel. Was it Velveteen Rabbit? Velveteen Rabbit. I just want that. I know you do. We all we do. do. <laughs> we all do. You know who else does? Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer And Aniston. probably yeah. David Schwimmer. <laughs> 
they should say. just get married already. I think it's gonna happen. It's too meant to be. And that's our reward for getting through the last 10 years. Or maybe it's just meant to be that they have a really special love and it doesn't have to transition over to marriage. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why it works. Exactly. Oh, God. Anyway, so Barnes & Noble yeah, date is something I want to do. We should do that. We just should make each other a book. I know, but see, now we're... Oh, sorry. <laughs> now we're doing exactly what you said we're not supposed to do, which is use each other for these no. dates. <laughs> Why? Oh, my God. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Wait, why do I want to do that with you so I know, it'd be fun. It would be fun. Well, my one of my best friends, Anthony, and I, we used to go to Barnes & Noble all the time when we lived by the Grove. We'd like go to the movies and then go to Barnes & Noble, and it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's the opposite of how I feel after I've been on my phone for an hour. An hour at Barnes & Noble is just it's rejuvenating. spiritual. Yes. Fills you up. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, speaking of dating, we've had some sidebar conversations <laughs> lately that I want to bring to this pod okay. about men, really. Okay. Well, that's not fair. I don't want to make it necessarily about men. Have we already talked about your theory? About one of your main Liz theories? <laughs> Lizisms. Hot men are untrustworthy. Lizisms. Lizisms and misms. Well, Lizisms is of. better because my but name isn't have... Miz. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll figure we'll one out. We'll figure it out. What's the combination of both? Monocaf. Affectations. Monica like affectations. Monica affectations. We'll, we'll get there. It's more sophisticated <laughs> and harder to spell. Okay. One of your lisms is what you just said. Hot men aren't trustworthy. <laughs> it's like a really hot take. Let me rephrase. Let, okay, me, re- sure. let me rephrase. If there are hot men listening, I don't think you're untrustworthy. And you mean physically. Yeah, I do. You mean objectively what our culture deems as physically attractive. Exactly. I came up with this theory because (laughs) (laughs) in 2015, I'm in the green room at MSNBC. I've imported a hot man from Canada. We'd met in Montreal and then he came to New York so that we could hang out for the weekend. Oh, And this guy is the most attractive. Like when I saw him, I literally was stunned. And then we started talking and then we were all of a sudden kind of dating. And so I had to do a segment and I was like, hey, do you mind just coming? And then we'll go afterwards. And I brought him into the makeup area and there was this amazing makeup artist Mm. called Gil. And Gil was so fabulous and so amazing and so hilarious. And I was like, hey, Gil, like here's my hot boyfriend. And then a few weeks later, it was over. And then Gil was like, hey, like what happened? Still dating that guy? And I was like, no. It's not going to work. He was like, yeah, he's too hot. And I was like, what? And then he's like, no, no, not like he's too hot for you. It's just like he's too hot. Guys who are hot like that, it's never going to work. Gil is gay. I just want to point that out. Meaning that he knows men and is a man and dates men. And I was kind of stunned. And then I just kind of laughed it off. But then it really stuck with me. Yeah. And it became very clear to me that it's not that hot men are untrustworthy. I just think that women, okay, this is going to sound so bad, but women who date guys who are hotter than them are, are okay, I'll, I'll rephrase it. I'll rephrase it. I'll rephrase it. No, no, because I want to, we should talk it out because I think this is complicated. This is like one of those weird, maybe truths. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see once we talk it out. Synced is supported by BetterHelp. We really believe in therapy over here at Synced. It's pretty much guiding all of our principles, everything we talk about. I mean, honestly, most of the things we talk about on here are just things our therapists have said that now we are translating out to the world. Honestly, I don't think this show would exist if we didn't have therapy. Yes, 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 yes. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, which is perfect because there's every reason to have an excuse and to cancel. Believe me, I've done it many times, but there's kind of 
like no reason to with this. Yeah. And I love being matched. Like I think finding the right therapist, I mean, therapy can be a horrible experience, right? If you're not matched with a person that's right for you. And so the fact that BetterHelp can really set that up and make sure that you're, you know, finding the one, the one therapist that really fits your needs is so crucial. Because I think a lot of people get turned off from therapy or again, people who really could benefit from it end up sort of walking away because they don't have that right connection with the therapist. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash synced today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash synced, S-Y-N-C-E-D. We are supported by AG1. You and I love AG1 because it gives us energy and we love it. We need it. Let's be honest. We need it. We do. Especially first thing in the morning. Yeah. What I love about AG1 is that I feel like I've accomplished something. Mm. Like, like I feel like I've done something for myself. I've done something for my body and it's yummy and I have a boost and I can go on with my day feeling really good about myself. I know. I like it because you can sort of make it part of your morning routine and the habit. Yes. It has 75 high quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients. Like it's all there. So you can kind of get it all in in the morning and feel good about the rest of your day knowing you got it all. AG1 is just like a one solution to support your entire body health in one step. And it is so easy. You know, you're getting more than even if you would individually get all these supplements in separate bottles. So it's just the easiest way to do the best thing for yourself. Yeah. What are we supposed to do? Carry around like 45 bottles of supplements? No, it's all there. And I love the travel packs because you can just throw them in your purse. And if you forget in the morning, midday, just throw it in some water. It tastes so good. It's so good. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash synced, S-Y-N-C-E-D. That's drinkag1.com slash synced. Check it out. Say what you want to say. Okay. I think that a lot of women, and you'll notice this. Yeah. A lot of like amazing, beautiful women end up with guys that you're like, excuse me. And they're just not on the same level physically. Obviously, the most superficial way to assess any relationship. Exactly. Yep. It's not to say that that guy isn't so incredible and smart and funny and funnier than her or whatever. Yeah, brings like, a lot to the table. Yes. And again, I'm objectifying everybody. Yeah, we're saying that. That's part we're of what this conversation it, exactly. is. Exactly. Just 10,000 feet bird eye view on a relationship. And I find that, yeah, those very beautiful women are with guys that are not as attractive. And those relationships seem to go very well. And I feel like when women are dating guys who are more attractive, it can set up this power dynamic. Look, Esther Perel says, in every relationship, there's a person who's afraid to lose themselves and a person who's afraid to lose the relationship. The other person. And I feel like when the guy's super hot, <laughs> it usually is he's more afraid to lose himself and she's more afraid to lose the relationship. Like, uh-huh. I noticed that basically it doesn't set up the relationship to necessarily be easy. That's the way I'll put it. That's my theory. That's your lism. It's bad. It's It's not bad. Bad. Because I do think there's truth to it. But let's dig into it a little deeper. Because what I think you're saying is men who are objectively physically attractive by American white standards, let's Mm -hmm. be honest, they do rule the the world. world. And they get yeses every step of the way in life. And so I do think they walk around with the power that's real, that society has given them. Honestly, we give beautiful, objectively attractive by white standards. Women, we give beautiful women also a power, but it's different. It's still not the same as when an attractive man walks into the room. Because also the woman's power based on her appearance will be taken away. The man gets hotter with age. There's no George Clooney. You can maybe name a few women, but women decrease their value. That will not be something that they can hang their hat on, Uh right? It is fleeting. It isn't the same. Yeah. Because we do that as a society, they do have power. And when you have power and you've never not had it, You play with it. I can't really blame the person (laughs) who's just always gotten what they want and always been a person of influence. They're going to do stuff. Like, it's really 
kind of on all of the rest of us to not be placing these people on pedestals mm-hmm. all the time. That's true. And also, if they are that hot, I think this happens a lot. Now, I, I was like, I'm trying That's to figure so out deep. how to say it. No, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to say it. I'm thinking of one person in particular. He's so hot, a public person. Okay. He is of major influence in society, really smart. And I think this person has trouble in relationships because he picks people who he thinks physically match him, yet I don't think he then respects them. So then he cheats on them. And I think that happens a lot in some of these extremely attractive men. They pick based on these beauty standards because they have every single person at their fingertips. And so they pick like the prettiest person. Sure. And then as relationships progress, pretty goes away. Uh Hot goes away. Those things go away. Then you have your personalities to sit with. And if they don't have that shiny of one, I think the man's like, well, I'm bored of this now. On to the next. Yes. Especially, again, the opposite doesn't apply with women and men because in our society standards, sexiness like is not lost at the rate that women. And actually, I think a lot of older men are more attractive to a lot of women. I think it all just sort of boils down to respect. You said that's the most important thing to you, right? Yes, in a relationship. I think that's the only foundational thing that makes a relationship actually work. Like you can think someone's insanely beautiful or gorgeous or so smart or so funny. There's all these things you can admire in another person, but if you don't respect them, it's not going to work and they have to respect you too. And my parents have a interesting relationship. I mean, it's they're still together after so long. And there have been times in my life where I'm like, why are you together? But I know that they respect each other deeply. I think that's why it ultimately works. Wow. After you told me that, I've thought about it a lot and I've never heard anyone say that. What are you looking for in a person? Like, oh, someone who like respects you is such a good way to put it. The Gottman Institute, right? Like these people who study relationships and couples, that's what they do all day. One of the biggest findings is that the number one predictor of divorce is being condescending, judgmental or sarcastic, right? Like a big, big rule that I have in relationships is never use sarcasm. Just say it directly if you're upset. Yeah. Don't make a joke about it and sort of be condescending in that way because to your point, that is not respecting your partner. And once you don't, yeah, and I thought about my past relationships, I was like, like, right, it's when I didn't yeah, or they didn't. But I saw it in myself. I was like, if I'd used that as a marker, I would have known earlier. I think it's a good litmus test. But as far as hot men being untrustworthy, <laughs> I think they are. Yeah. Okay, no, no I you. don't. I think they need a really strong character to offset the hotness. But they have a lot of opportunities and leeway to not Dax says this. I think it's a Chris Rock reference. Like, a man is only as faithful as his options. That's and it's awful. like, yeah, I know. I hate that. <laughs> but it is true. But that's why I want to bring in the respect piece because I do think if a very hot person respects their partner, despite what that person looks like, I think it can work. It might take that hot person a few tries before before they find the person they respect, that they learn like, oh, that is not giving me what I need. And that doesn't make me feel equal. I want this other thing. They have to kind of implement contrary action a little bit. That's true. We value different things in women and men and broad strokes, but they're valued for, you know, status and what they provide, money, right? All those things. And women, it's like, is she hot? It sucks, but that's the way that our society is set up. And so I think women are primed. I mean, maybe not. I mean, is he making enough money? It doesn't mean you respect him. But I think that men aren't as trained to like, do I respect her, right? Yeah. Or to value certain things. And I don't think it's because they're bad people. I just think that- it's ingrained. Yeah. But I do think it can be un done. Uh I think now with things changing so rapidly with women owning more homes than men, so many more women in the workforce and climbing, I think this is going to start breaking down That's a a good point. It just might be a while. But that actually wasn't the Lism I was thinking. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. No way. We went down. (laughs) We went down. I mean, it's, it's a good one, but 
I was thinking of your longstanding theory where you feel like in a public relationship, if they break up, the women can't bounce back or something. Wait, can <laughs> so you, maybe mean. you should say I'm it. I'm sounding like I'm just like the <laughs> fraddest no. of frat boys. Th- this is real life we live in. It's true. It's true. This is the thing that I circle back to a lot, which is it sucks that this mm-hmm. is the way life is, but it is the reality. Is, and yeah. so we have to know the reality before we can start changing the reality. Yeah, we can't be in denial. I think that when a female public figure gets dumped or cheated on or there's a big public breakup and that the guy dates or gets married with another woman also in public quickly and that she has a certain level of respect and adoration, I think that the woman never fully recovers The original from that. woman. I think the, the original. O-W. Yes. The old. <laughs> no, not the old W. The O-W. <laughs> Although old W old could w. also work. Yeah. Okay. And usually it is. Let's be honest. Because the yeah. woman that they bounce back with also is often, this is the premise of so many episodes of Sex and the City. The Pulitzer <laughs> winning. Uh, the Bible. Yes. <laughs> is that they often will choose a less complicated woman. Yeah, okay, now this flies in the face of my respect. Oh, it does. (laughs) It sure does. Fuck. When I'm scrolling on social media, one of these couples, I'm looking for the evidence that they're not really happy and that they should have stayed with the OW because because the OW was where they were going to grow and become a better man and show them their shadow self and all that stuff. But they prefer to go with the easier woman and take that path because she's pretty and she's easier and they often look good together. And I think that creates even more difficulty for the OW is to then see all these photos and see these narratives it's of so this public. couple. Yes. It is. Obviously, there are so many people who are listening who I'm sure are relating to a version of this in their lives. And with social media, it's almost like we all can experience a version of this. But that being said, I think nothing compares to like the public feeling of like being dragged in the coals. Just Jennifer Aniston for like 15 years, the magazine covers, pitting her against Angelina Jolie or like how sad she is and how she doesn't have kids and how perfect of a family they are. And I think about that with Selena Gomez. I think about that with Jennifer Aniston. I think about that with so many different women. I feel for them. You really feel, (laughs) this is one of your main lisms. And for some reason, whenever we talk about this, I really butt up against it for some reason. I think because I don't like the idea that this man could ruin this strong OW, Mm -hmm. right? Especially like fucking Jennifer Aniston. Like she's the best. She is the best best one. one. So she should be able to bounce back and have whoever she wants. And I think she can... But you're saying she can't. I mean, I <laughs> or I know didn't this is or something. But she did. She, she did. But then, like, there was that moment at the SAG Awards. Oh, I loved it. Me too. But like, where you they can were tell. hugging or yes. like touching, and then like he held her hand, and then like she held it, and you can tell she won't go back. I again <laughs> don't know her personally, but I know for a fact that <laughs> <laughs> like that to me, that handhold is I still want to, but I won't, and I can't. Liz, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I think that handhold is, I love you. I love you. You're shaking your head. But I think it's, we had a beautiful time together and enough time has now passed where that can live as what it was as pure, not as contaminated by how it ended and then all this other weird stuff in the middle because that had its own life that's gone. I do think time heals in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that- We'll have to have her on the pod. Like, I don't. <laughs> and by the way, like, I love these women. Oh, I know. The reason why I feel this way, again, is probably this weird savior shit because I truly love them and I want the best for them. But I connect with just how painful that must be for them. Yes. I don't think that they don't recover and they'll never be happy. But I think that that wound 
I don't think it ever goes away. I think in a macro way, if you've been, let's say, quote, scorned, I don't like that word actually, but if you have, and then it's blasted, you have to see and be reminded of it. You can't really get that much distance from it because of the world. That's hard. I mean, there is no getting around that. It's like high school. Yes. Where you get dumped and then they're on to the next and you have to see them holding hands down the hall and you haven't moved on. And it's so hard. Hollywood is high school. It's like that where everyone knows each other and then these people go off with these people and you have to see it on crack. Yeah, everyone's magazines and articles and people are speculating about you like we are right now we are right now yeah we're making it so much worse we are making it worse but i do think it's an interesting topic of conversation i don't want that to be i think these women they're definitely way better off not being in those relationships that i totally agree with My last point is like, I think that's actually what makes it harder is that for some of these women and maybe all of them, they were like, I don't want to be with you. There's something about the fabrication of the narrative of what comes after you, which, again, is something that a lot of women, I'm sure, relate to. The ultimate fear is that you have now trained this man to be so much better in his next relationship. I'm joking. I'm saying I trained him. But I think that there's something that can happen in relationships where, and this happened to me with a super serious ex-boyfriend. We had an amazing relationship, but like things weren't working out around a certain part of his life. And I remember us standing in the kitchen, like one of our last moments together. And I was like, wow, your next girlfriend, it's going to work so well when you do this with the next person. And not out of spite, I even get sad talking about it because it was like the realization that I have too many wounds and I can't keep going with this. You've learned a lot. You have your own scars, but now you can go and do this better when you do it with the next person. And he did. And actually, I was like very happy for him (laughs) when I saw that it wasn't an issue anymore or that he'd worked through that. I don't know. Do men feel this way? Because I feel like it is more typical that women do. Because sometimes I think women will feel like the guy won't change until their hair is on fire. I'm sure there are men who are listening who feel the same way, too. I do think that's regardless of gender. Right. We all resist. I think it can feel frustrating. Or if you're the OW and he's with the NW, Mm -hmm. new woman, and their relationship seems so because it's all through the frame. But that's what you say, right? You're like... Everyone knows Hollywood is bullshit. But if everyone believes that story, even if it's not true, doesn't it become true? No, of course it doesn't. Just because you have cute pictures on social media doesn't mean your life is good. It can look it and people can believe it. That does not make it true. And if you're in the business, which these women are, who you speak of, they They do know. They do know that there's this blown out narrative about people that is totally false, whether it's good or bad. That's all wrong normally. So I see what you mean about the change piece, but I guess I wish our best self could sort of take over in those moments. And we could say like, this is life, right? You impact another person. They're going to be better off from me. And I'm also going to be better off having learned some stuff too. Mm -hmm. And we'll move on and also be better as opposed to, well, they just got the best of me and now they're better for the next gal. And make it more about we are better because we have now made it through this. And I was made better by that relationship, too, even though it was painful. And that's the preferred breakup you want. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Obviously, it's so hard. But we have, I think, a little more say in it if we want than we like to believe. Yeah. I think you can act your way into some thinking a little bit. I can't think of a better opportunity to like go deep on your shit whether you're a public figure or not right like breakups are such important points of change for me and new chapters even though it was the roughest points if you're lucky and you work through it and you have the right support therapy therapy (laughs) wow well that was fun we got into some lisms i don't know that we figured out anything we both see each other's points. That was fun. I love chit-chatting. I love chit-chatting. I just love it. Synced is supported by Lumi. Want to smell better? Naked? Come on. We all do. (laughs) We do. We do. Our underarms are not the only place we have odor. And that's why we're here to talk about Lumi whole body deodorant. 
I think as women, we don't really talk about these types of things like, oh, something smells like not amazing or awesome. Yeah. Oh my God, there must be something wrong with me or yeah, I'm bad or whatever. No, it's totally normal and there is a fix and Lumi is there to help you. A lot of women have, you know, a lot of UTIs or constant yeast infections or things going down. There's stuff that goes on. There's stuff. Yeah, stuff goes on down there and it's not always clear what's going on. And I feel like so often I think that there's an infection or I go to the doctor and they're like, mm. you're fine. And that's why I love a product like Lumi. It's paraben free. It's aluminum free. It's baking soda free. So it's it's not like you're putting anything toxic in your body, but you're helping balance the pH and then avoid that trip to the doctor that you may not even need. Control body odor anywhere with at Lumi deodorant and get $5 off your starter pack. That's over 40% off with promo code SYNC. LumiDeodorant.com slash sync. Hashtag LumiPod. We are going to go into the second portion of the show where we read some listener questions. Ooh, I already Uh-oh. like this one. Okay, Uh-oh. I haven't read it yet. These are all blind. These are yes. what we call dry reads. Dry reads. In the biz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah. Should I pressure my partner to propose? Oh, my God. I'm going to leave her name out, even though she didn't ask me to, but just in case. Sure. I've been with my boyfriend for a year and a half. I've had plenty of practice runs, but he is my first super serious relationship. We are 36, 37, head over heels in love, committed, planning on buying a house, and I've talked for months about getting married. Neither of us has felt this connected with another person before. He is my forever person, and he tells me the same. A few years ago, his stepdad gave him his grandmother's wedding band, and recently my mom has given me my grandmother's wedding set, gorgeous antique rings, like, oh my God, my dream wedding set. <laughs> we both talked about how ready we are to get married to each other, but ideally would want to wait to buy a house so we can have a small intimate wedding at our home. The tricky part is we are not financially ready to buy yet, so we have agreed to wait a year or so until we are more ready. Plot twist. My mom's health has drastically spiraled out of control down the drain, and we found out on March 10th that she has stage four brain and lung cancer. Oh, mm. so sorry. We don't really know how much time she has, even though she's in treatment. Her health is incredibly rocky with no reassurances on her getting better. It feels super scary. And every day I'm anxiety stricken, not knowing if she's going to survive until tomorrow. I'm super sentimental when my partner is not. And the idea of not having my mom see me get married brings me to absolute tears. I've told him this and he knows it's something that weighs heavily on my mind. I hate the idea of doing this because I don't want to push him into anything he's not completely ready to do. But should I pressure him to propose soon? Sooner, so my mom is alive to see me get married or let it happen naturally. Wow. First of all, listener, I'm really sorry. Yeah. That is so hard. I have a friend who's gone through something similar. Her mom is sick as well, and she is trying to conceive. And she put a lot of pressure on herself to conceive quickly so that her mom could meet her child, of course, which is so understandable. What I saw from that was just so much grief and stress, Mm -hmm. exponential, because our bodies don't do that well when we're gunning for anything. anything. Yes. When we have a tight grip on anything. And this is similar. It's a little different because there's more control, obviously. Like we don't have that much control over conception. That's the problem. And you do have some control here. But if he's saying no, my thought is first, you could have a conversation and say, why not now? Let's talk that out. Because for me, it is preferred to do it sooner rather than later because I really want my mom to be there. It sounds like she's sort of had that conversation, but maybe like have a sit down and then ask with true curiosity, mm-hmm. why wouldn't we? And see what he says. Mm-hmm. And then if he says, I'm not ready, you don't want to marry someone who's not ready. Yeah. That's just the truth, which is really shitty to hear. When we bring third parties into our relationships, it's almost always not great. Even if we're bringing in a third party with a good intention, like wanting your mother to experience your wedding, which I 
totally, totally get. The greatest of intentions. Of course. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to go to crap, but I think that it just adds more challenges and it seems like you are already dealing with a lot. There should just be a conversation tied to your desire to do it because of your mom, but also just a general conversation about what are the reservations. I think for a lot of guys, it's often financial. And I think I've underappreciated that. And we just think it's like an emotional thing because I think for women, it is usually, do I want to get my, you know, and not to say there's no financials, but I think for men, there's a thing of like, if they're not financially secure or there's not a sense of that. They want to have their ducks in a row. Yes. That is literally what I hear so many guys. It's just weird. It's such a dude thing. I want my ducks in a row. But I think men see this as a responsibility, which I think is positive. I think it's great. And so if you're just let's do it. And this is a big stressor for him. And he feels like maybe he can't tell you because this is so important to you for that reason. You don't want to be in a situation where you're speeding things up or putting extra pressure on something that's already filled with a lot of pressures. I also always think, how can we make the pie bigger? Sometimes when we're like, stuck in a decision. It's like either this happens or this other thing happened and there's nothing in between. And yes. So maybe, maybe there's a third option yeah, or something. Like a small celebration, an engagement exactly. party. I don't know. Get creative. It can look like so many different things and maybe that will be more meaningful than a big wedding where you get to talk to your mom for, I don't know, a few minutes. I mean, I guess yes. you talk for more than a few minutes, but more intimate, smaller celebration, ceremony. Of just your love and commitment to one another exactly. and maybe not necessarily this marriage, yes. but just so your mom gets to see that you're happy with another person. That's great. Let's find maybe a third option. Also, when you sit down and if you get to the heart of it and if it is financial, whatever it is, you can help in that moment assuage him of some of these fears because who knows what the root of the fear is. And it's kind of good to know and maybe help. If it is financial, you could always say, I don't want that to be on you. I don't want the sole responsibility of finances to be on you. I can take some of this on. Or Also, and the last thing I'll say on it is enjoy your mom. Yeah. Just take the time with her that Mm -hmm. you have and really give it to her. Spend time with her. That's what she ultimately wants, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, is just to have you there and have you be with her and not to rush and make this wedding happen. And And be so busy with the wedding that you might not even spend time with her. And I feel this deep need to have babies (laughs) for my parents. (laughs) And it's not like they've ever pressured me, but I feel like it would be so beautiful and I know it would mean a lot to them. And whenever I've shared that, usually with someone who has kids, they're like, do not do that for them. And even your wedding, do it for you and your partner and do it for your life. And that I think, again, is ultimately what your mom wants more than anything. Well, thanks for writing in. And I'm very sorry to hear that. Okay. This is from Kenzie. It's kind of shitty being the breadwinner. I got married young, 25, while in law school, and my husband and I started dating in college when we were both really struggling and just young and in love. Since graduating, I make eight times what he makes, which has always been a dream of mine to be independent and self-sufficient, but it's starting to be really hard when I feel like so much of what I'm making is going to shit for him. Selfishly, things like his car repair, elective surgeries, etc. <laughs> A lot of my friends I graduated with are single and wish they were in relationships, but I feel like they have so much more money than me, even though we have a pretty standard income and all make relatively the same amount. I know neither of you are in this position, but I think I mostly just need to feel encouraged about the fact that I'm living a dream of mine and it's a privilege to be able to help out my husband with some of those things he wouldn't otherwise be able to afford, but also recognize that being a woman who has it all kind of shitty sometimes. Wow. That's real. Wow. That's real life. Damn. Because we do have these dreams of being hyper successful and making all this money and all these things. And when it boils down to it, money can make things hard Mm -hmm. and cause so many resentments. Mm -hmm. I would suggest couples therapy. Yeah. Truly. Because you can't resent your partner And I'm not saying she's resentful and it's definitely okay to think, man, this kind of sucks sometimes. But I would say if the roles were reversed. I was literally going to use those words. If the roles were reversed, I think your relationship would be completely different because money is power. There's all kinds of different power dynamics in relationships. Money is your go-to one that's so clear because we live in a money-centric society. Women 
who date men who are making a lot more money than them, there are certain dynamics in that relationship. Maybe she's getting elective surgeries and car repairs and he's paying for it and he's resentful, but she is doing a lot more things to contribute. And that is a more traditional framework that we know how that works and we can fall into because it follows gender dynamics. And when the genders are reversed, and she didn't mention he's doing more around the house, there's an unequal balance. And how is the rest of your relationship helping balance those things out, I guess? Yeah. And make it feel equal. Equal. Because that's sort of what I'm hearing when I read this. If you read through the lines, I think what she really feels is there's an inequality that is causing her to think, oh, no, I worked this hard and I thought it was going to feel like this and now it doesn't. Now it's shitty, which it is. You might not feel that way if there felt like more equity in other areas besides finances. Very different example. But when I was 19, I lived in Denmark and then I brought back. I I import a lot of men. (laughs) I do. It's a business. Do you include them in customs? I don't. I should. Um, Yeah. No, I leave and then I just make them come back, (laughs) pay their own fare. But so (laughs) we stayed together for several years, but he came to Montreal to try and make the relationship work and didn't speak French, like couldn't work, like things you do when you're 19 and you think are a really good idea. So there was a big imbalance. I was a waitress, so I wasn't like rolling in cash, but I definitely had income and he didn't. And I remember feeling a lot of the things, no elective surgeries, but definitely like feeling like I was the one footing the bill and I'm really ratting him out. Like he was great, but sometimes he'd be like, oh, let's go get dinner. And I was like, great. And then and are you going to pay? And then that? at the end, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm paying for it. And it was your idea. Like, but I feel like, again, if the genders were reversed, like he would have been more amenable. Men get something out of being more financially rich in, in relation. Sorry, I was going to say something really <laughs> smart. Uh, like men get something out of that. Cause I've yeah. been, I've been in the reverse too, where this guy would pay for everything. You know, uh, we went for a weekend and I was like, Oh, I don't want to say, I don't like this thing or I don't really want to. I hate that too. Yes, of course. That should never be in a relationship it's where true, someone's but... paying for everything. So you feel like you have to just like it or go along. With... No. See, that's why this is actually complicated because yeah. if you do, do reverse the roles. I'm very sympathetic towards the partner, a male who's financially rich, as you say, <laughs> and, and a female who is not and is getting car repair and also elective surgeries. I am kind of like, well, you married this person. You know about this person. You know the position. And I have had this happen in a friendship relationship of mine where the wife didn't work and he is very successful financially. And if he would say, "Ugh, you spent money on this and I got wind of it, obviously, Mm -hmm. she told me that would infuriate me. You've decided to join forces with this person and you've decided to make your money their money. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's this crazy imbalance, that's different. If she is, let's say, spending 10x the amount he is, then I think could be a conversation just about our finances. But if it's just that they're spending money that's jointly theirs. I don't like the idea of a woman being controlled. And so it's weird in this case because it's not a woman being controlled. So there's this divorce lawyer on TikTok. I remember like seeing this series where she was like the profession that makes you more likely to be divorced if you're a woman is a head of household and sort of not working. Those were the most likely to get a divorce. And she said the worst divorces, because if one person doesn't have money and make money and the other person makes all of the money, that is a recipe for resentment. And that very dynamic that you're talking about, where she feels controlled and he feels like, well, you're using my money. I think it's hard Some couples can avoid it, but I guess I have sympathy for whatever the gender of the person is. That's your money. But if you're married, it's a little different than if you're in a relationship and you're dating because dating money, even that is confusing. That's a whole thing. But when you're married, unless you have a conversation ahead of time and you say, look, we're getting married, but here's how our money's going to work. We both put 10% in this pot so that we don't get resentful. You can figure that out. I ha- I know a lot of couples who do that. They have like a joint account and they have their own accounts. Right. But if you are not going to do that and you're just going to say, this is all a big pot, you kind of have to stick to this is a big pot. And it can be shitty. And I do think you can have a conversation. You can say, hey, I think maybe we lay off on some of these elective surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think using we yeah. and us okay. and our like that. is helpful in all yes. of this so that you limit resentments. And you also remind yourself, we're a we. We have spent a lot of money this month on Kybella. What is that? That's the thing that reduces your double chin. I want it. Kybella. I might get it. Is it of surgery? Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't need that. I hate my neck and my jaw and my chin so much that I'm considering it. I think it's an injection and then it like freezes stuff. The only thing I'm nervous about is I have heard that sometimes this weird lump. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh my God. No. You are perfect. I want a pair of glasses that gives Monica the ability to see herself in the way that everyone else sees her. Isn't an engineer, some sort of scientist listening? You're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your chin is But I hate my neck and my chin and my jaw. And I think Kybella might be the answer, but I'm not there yet, but I'm thinking about it. I'm just being honest about the fact that I'm thinking about it because okay. I don't okay. want to show up one day okay. with a much different jawline and act like nothing happened. You could, and I would just never ask any questions if that's what you want. <laughs> I know, but I want to be honest. If I'm going to okay. change something, I'm going to be honest Really? About it. Yeah. Anyway, he got Kybella and <laughs> <laughs> I think she can say, you know, we've spent a lot this month. I think we should pair back or can we have a conversation about some of these expenses? I just think he needs to do more work. But the thing is, he's working, it sounds. other work, not money work. Because there's so much work in a relationship. There's so many variables and things that you can do to support the other person. In my head, she's making eight times more than he is. He's cooking eight times more than she is. That's the formula. When men make more money and there's a woman supporting them to do that. If she is in this scenario, like that guy, then he needs to figure out what that is in their relationship. And also I'll say like, this is annoying for her. I bet this is difficult for him. him. And we have data. Men who make less than their wives are more likely to cheat on them. He'll compensate in other ways. He feels emasculated. Yes, he's not providing. But there are so many ways of providing. There are so many things that he can do. Pay her back in foot massages and yummy soups. That's hot. But I also don't want him to be like her little bitch boy, you know? Can we say that still? I don't know. Bitch boy? But anyway, I mean, yeah, I don't want that for him because that will be the end of the relationship. If he's just constantly deferring. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean deferring. I think it's providing... We have this yeah. view of providing, like making money and providing is so much more than that. To me, it's like acts of service, right? Like I know you're working late and so I got us this super yummy meal or I booked us a massage like with your money, but like I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, listen, hold on. Let's take it out of this person. I want to paint a scenario. I don't know anything about what this man does, right. this listener. Let's take it out of that. I'm painting a new scenario. Yeah. Let's say it's me. I happen to be in a career that you are I make very a lot of money successful. financially. You work a lot and you've been rewarded for that. <laughs> Thank you. But <laughs> let's say I married a teacher. That teacher is not not working hard. That teacher mm-hmm. is fucking working so hard. Yeah, yeah. And just happens to be an extremely underpaid profession. Mm-hmm. And I would be making exponentially more That doesn't mean that that person owes me anything. It just happens to mean that our professions don't make the same amount of money. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean I'm working harder or am better. But would your teacher boyfriend be getting elective surgeries with your money? Do you think he would be like taking that liberty? if he wants Kybella, I mean, (laughs) he should be able to get that. Get hotter. Okay. That I like. Because women with really rich guys, let's be honest. Yeah, they get Kybella. Yes, they get a bunch of stuff. And they're like, you're rich and I'm going to be hot. And (laughs) that's how that works. We don't even know. What if the elective surgery is like back? surgery or something that just ha- he doesn't need but would make his life better okay. like we're worried we've made it about cosmetic but elective surgery has that ring connotation yeah. for yeah. a ring <laughs> elective surgery elective surgery <laughs> we should make that a yeah, ringtone it's good no but i don't think it's fair for us because Different professions make vastly different amounts of money, and it's not about fairness. That's a really good point. Our assumption is, oh, this guy's like an artist or whatever. (laughs) 
artists don't fucking work. No, as an artist, we don't fucking work. No one wants to work anymore. No, he's, for all we know, a social worker. Exactly. Again, not that social workers and teachers are better, but they are. Like, no, they, they work are. harder than anyone and, and should doing, be making the most money. Exactly. Yes. They're doing such a purposeful right. job. Right. Again, I've taken it out of this context because we don't know about him. But just in general, true. we have to look at it like that. Just because we're making more doesn't necessarily mean we should be and so you know if you're in a partnership and you've committed to that partnership and you believe they're contributing you're right i think that's ultimately is everyone contributing is everyone providing if the answers are yes Yes. then we kind of have to just be cool with it and because you are writing to us it probably means that it's not right I think the longer we wait to talk about things, the worse and more magnified they get. Even like if your roommate's leaving like one dish and you're like, I won't say anything. And then the next day there's two and you're like, there are two. And then next there's four. Right. And it becomes this huge thing. It's like, I should have just said it at the beginning. Just bring it up. I'm sure he's thinking about it too. Definitely. Also, would you date a teacher? A hundred percent. What about no money? He doesn't have a job. That I have a harder (laughs) time. But a hundred percent, I would marry a teacher. You have a preference for if he made more, less, or same? No, to me, it's about what is that person doing in their life? What are they doing with their day-to-day? If they care about what they're doing. A teacher is doing the fucking Lord's work. I mean, I really, really believe that. And great, would love it. Because of said (laughs) money, (laughs) I don't really need anyone to be adding that to my pie. I have it. But I do need someone who's going to have their own shit going on and be interested in whatever they're doing and thoughtful about what they're doing. Teachers are all those things. And that means you're picking a partner based on important things. And talk about respect. Yes. I respect a fucking teacher. Especially if they're hot. I love hot professors. Okay, so hot male teachers between the ages of... Minimally my age. Okay. 36-year-old. Five. Sorry, I'm 36 because I assume we're at the same age, but you're getting there. It's fun. 36 is great. Don't do that. I mean, I love it. I love it for you. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) So 35-year-old teachers are listening if your friend is a hot male teacher yeah i have have a friend who's a hot male teacher but he's married but he's a hot male teacher there are many of them we should have more male teachers for this reason and this (laughs) is oh my god okay well i think that might be where we leave it but we'll be back next week with more questions and more lisms and more god fingers crossed hot teachers send in your cues (laughs) bye (laughs) Thank you.